Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Okay, good morning. We're really excited to be here because, well, honestly, you guys are the first church we've gone to besides our home church in Leicester to share about what we've been doing in Haiti. And this started in 2016, the 501c3 was official. So we've been slowly doing things this whole time, but we feel like now we're able, we're to a point where we can really share and ask people to join with us in what's happening. Um, I better follow my notes or I'm gonna go too long. We have so many things to say. This is just so exciting and our hearts are just like bursting with this whole thing. So it's hard for us, all of us to minimize what we talk about. So, but one reason I'm excited to share with you guys is because I know that you are a church that cares about telling people about Jesus here in Glasgow and all over the world. So I know there's people in this room that have been to Haiti. Can, how many, can I see some hands? Like, how many of you done the Haiti, Haiti trip? Probably like, I don't know, almost 10 people in your church or more maybe have been to Haiti. Um, and I know just that last weekend there were people in Williston packing some food boxes that were going to be shipped to Haiti. And we've done trips to Guatemala and local ministries as well as tons of things I don't even know about. So we're thankful to be here to um, share with you guys as well as there's so many familiar faces, people who are friends to us and even luster people that are here and family. It's just really sweet to be here. So thank you for having us. So the video, we, we had no plans for a video and about um, a month before we left this, uh, we were in Haiti just this January, February. I don't, even, I don't even know what day it is. So it was January, I think. We, about a week before we left, we bought plane tickets for a videographer to come with us to Haiti. We had no plans for that, but God worked all of it out, as well as having someone donate some money, not knowing about this project, giving a gift that would mostly cover the expenses to send him to Haiti with us and, and produce the video. So it's just been such a blessing for that. The video kind of told you um, about the school um, but we have been doing a lot of other things through the school um, and even outside of the school. Oh, I forgot too. I need to use this. My goodness, sorry. It, it's me. Okay. I forgot because I, you guys have already been connected with Elroy Haiti and you don't even know. That's what I forgot to say. So uh, the logo there on the bottom was designed, some of you might know Randall Weens, uh, Debbie Bethay's daughter, Richard Weens' daughter-in-law. She designed the logo for us as well as designed our brochure out there. Um, we've had some people donate through uh, Grandma Selma Olfert's memorial. They did set it up so it would go to Elroy. So some of you have written checks to Elroy, whether you really knew what we were doing or not. Um, we also had some of my sweet nieces and nephews donate some teddy bears from Build-A-Bear. They sent them to Haiti with us on our trip. And so this is a little girl um, in the clinic. And when she was given a little teddy bear, she was so excited. So, so thank you for already being a part, even though you weren't even didn't even know about it. Um, so this is Elroy Academy. This was kind of the first project that got open to us. Um, we started with first grade um, through, was it first through sixth grade the first year? And now we have, their kindergarten goes K1, K2, K3, and we've added a grade every year. So the second year we added seventh grade, then eighth grade, this year we added ninth grade. We'll continue that through 12th grade. Um, and so we currently have about 300 students at our school, as well as 30 staff that are all Haitian, except for our new um, school nurse. But um, we provide a hot meal every day at the school. 
Um, this is the only meal a lot of these kids will get, um, get each day. So we make sure that we do that. Um, I don't know, is there a picture of Sandro's mom in here? Sandro's mom actually is the school cook as well, has some other helpers, so that's pretty cool too. Um, we did this summer, so Sandro, Sandro um, Jason and Stephanie met Sandro in Haiti, developed this thing, but Sandro's brother also came to Leicester to go to school, and he graduated last year from our high school. In this uh, Christmas break, he went home and put on a basketball camp, so he sent basketballs and jerseys, and he was really excited. This basketball court was a project we did a couple years ago, three years ago or something now, and it has become just a community hangout. So now that Wesley went down and taught them all how to play basketball, it's just a hit, and they were even kicking kids off of the court that were trying to play soccer. He said, no, this is for basketball now, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, so our school property is not just a, a school, it is a community place. It is a safe place where people come. So as soon as school's over, people are coming. They're playing basketball. They're, um, there's a lot of kids who aren't, still aren't going to school, and they're kind of standing around the property looking in. But after school's out, it's open. People are coming in. In the evenings, they hold um, a variety of things. Right now, there's uh, adult literacy classes and a discipleship class that's being held um, in the classrooms in the evening. And sometimes it changes because Sandro is so aware of the needs in his community. This is where he lives. His house is about a two-minute walk from the, our school property. So he, he knows these people. He loves these people. These are his family and his friends. And he knows what the needs are. And so when there's a need, he finds a way to, um, to meet that need. So the adult literacy class is teaching the kids how to read. A lot of the students were saying, I wish, you know, it's hard. I'm going to school, but when I go home, my parents can't help me with my homework because I don't know how to read. Um, so Sandro's teaching them that. Sometimes he'll do English classes, a variety of things. Um, but it's a safe place there. This fall, um, for a while now, it's been a, a really tough time in Haiti. A lot of gang violence and uh, hopelessness even. But in the fall, Sandro started hosting revival meetings on our campus. Is there a video of this? I'm skipping around, aren't I? These are the these are the summer camp right here. He also hosts a big um, summer camp for the community. We get a ton of kids that come, and they do about a week of crafts and plays and all kinds of things where they open it up to the community. Oh, it's a little video. I don't know if there's sound right now, but it's a little. There it is. Just a little summer camp. We had a um, we dug a well on our school property. This has been a few years now too. Um, and had a, had a ministry team called Strategic Water Teams. We partnered with them, and they came and put a filtration system on our well and trained uh, Sandro and, I believe, Anarold to uh, do all of the uh, maintenance on the filtration system so that our community now has clean water, our school, and it's uh, piped out through the fence so that community can come. They're always filling buckets up and taking it back to their homes. This fall, we also started a child sponsorship program. Um, we had about, I think we started with 97 children. Uh, Sandro took pictures, and um, we're just starting with that for now. But we currently have 42 children sponsored, and it's a $25 a month thing, and it um, takes care of their tuition and the hot meal every day. Um, we have packets out front if you're interested in taking one. Just talk with us. We have a sign-up, and then you have to go online and make sure you fill out all of your information. But... But it's sweet. Our hope is that you have a picture of a sweet face on your, on your wall and you just get to pray for them every day and um, be a part of what we're doing through that, through that as well. 
we started just recently. Um, we were we have a girl, Alex, you saw her in the video. She we could tell you lots of stories about her too. But um, she's from New Hampshire. She's now our school nurse, and she's also a community nurse. So we rent a small building right across from our school that maybe we'll purchase someday. Um, and she has a small, it's just a little room that she's got a desk and then some supplies in the back. We, her shelves are mostly empty, but our last trip we asked people to donate supplies and we were able to fill her shelves with medical supplies. Um, mostly, she's very careful as a nurse to not go beyond her scope of medical training. So she has doctors that she will connect with in the United States and also lots of clinics. Um, she knows of free HIV clinics and places where people can go if they need more help than she can give. She's, she's amazing. She speaks fluent Creole. And she's just precious. She prays for everyone that comes in. It's just really been a blessing to have her. This is a discipleship group. These are like out of high school kids, just right out of high school, 17, 20s ages. Um, a group that Sandra's been discipling. And we had someone donate money so we, they could all purchase a Bible in Creole. Um, they were also, um, with some gifts, they were uh, given the chance to do a vocational training school. So they all went and they did a variety of things. There's sewing, cooking, driving, uh, different ways they could have a skill to be able to get a job. So this is what we've been doing. This is the last four years-ish of what's been going on in Haiti. And it has just been, I just, I'm always amazed by how, how normal we are. We, are not, we don't know how to do this. We are just praying and trying to be obedient to what God's asking us to do. Um, we don't have any amazing skills or abilities to be able to be doing this, but God is so good. And Steph's going to share with you a little bit about what the needs are and um, just some more stuff about where we're located and all those kind of good things. So, Okay, so my name is Stephanie Brown, and Jason and I have four children, two who are with us today, and then we have two that are in college. So um, we just wanted to share a little bit about why this country and its people have grown near and dear to our hearts, um, aside from the fact that two of our children were born there. Um, so Haiti is a beautiful country located in the Caribbean. Um, it's just a short 90-minute flight from Miami. And um, those of you that have traveled with OMS to build houses, you likely drove down Route 9 across a bridge. And once you cross that bridge, our school or property is right there to the left. So um, as you saw in um, the video, um, our journey began in 2012 when we traveled to Haiti for the first time. And I should say right away, public speaking is not my gift. So I'm just going to be reading a lot. But um, um, so on that trip in 2012, we met Sandra Dorsonville. And um, he served as our translator on that trip. And we just immediate, immediately clicked with him and became instant friends. And even though he was just in high school at that point, um, he had a maturity and a joy about him that can only come from knowing Jesus. And that trip, uh, you heard Sandro mention the earthquake in 2010. Um, so our trip was two years after that. But that earthquake took the lives of about 300,000 people. And so we saw the effects and the remnants of that earthquake everywhere we looked. There were still people living in tent cities. Uh, the presidential palace still sat in a pile of rubble two years later. Um, and it was just a devastating time for the country. So initially, all that we could see was the desperation and the hunger and the pain and the hopelessness. And like most people that travel to Haiti or to another third world country, we would come home 
and it would just take a long time to process and we would wonder why God would allow people to suffer and to live in those conditions when um, we here in America have most of our needs met on a daily basis. And so it was just heartbreaking and mind-boggling for us. Um, but Haitians are a strong, beautiful, and resilient people, and they want to work, and they want to provide for their families, but jobs are just hard to come by. And um, breaking free from the bondage of poverty that has gripped the nation for so long is not an easy feat, especially when there are earthquakes and droughts and hurricanes and other natural disasters that continuously happen there, it seems. And then um, the lack of infrastructure, the instability and the corruption in the government, uh, the riots, and then more recently, the gang violence. Um, there's been a lot of kidnappings and just bad things happening that just contribute to the ongoing cycle of po poverty there. Um, poverty has a way of marring one's dignity and identity, and we've seen firsthand how poverty has affected the lives of people that we now love and care for. Um, so as mentioned previously, the last couple of years of riots uh, have been just really destructive for this country. Oh, I don't know what I did. Um, um, and actually missionaries have been evacuated during this time and a lot are not coming back. And it's just been a really difficult time. It's taken its toll on the population and the economy. And uh, many are now saying that Haiti is in a humanitarian crisis. Jobs are even harder to find now, if you can imagine. And so it's just a hard time. And so this sweet lady, her name is Madame Belazaire, and she is a single mom to eight children and five grandchildren. Um, all 13 of them live with her in what uh, Sandro calls her little hut. Um, the stress of not being able to provide for and feed for her children and having to watch them suffer and starve took its toll on her mental health. And she went through a season of being very depressed and felt like there was no hope and no way out of her situation. She was also suffering physically, her whole family was starving, and she just felt desperate. Um, last April, she decided that she couldn't bear to live in the suffering any longer, and she tried to end her life. She was unsuccessful in that attempt, and that's when her son confided in Sandro and um, just about how desperate of a situation they were in. Sandro contacted us at this time about um, trying to reach out to Espera Counseling Center in Haiti, which is an American-based organization providing mental health services. Um, but we, we were unable to make the connection, and God had other plans, though, for Sandro to be able to help her because he was unable to make the connections as well. Um, so he decided to start meeting with her twice a week. Um, and after about a month of these meetings, he gave her a small cleaning job at the school after hours. And that seems like such a small thing to us, but it was just the step that she needed to regain her dignity and to affirm her ability that she could provide for her family. Um, Sandra continued meeting with her t for I see, twice a week for about three months, and he got to know her well. They talked about her hopes for her life and for her children and about her relationship with Christ. And Sandra always directed the conversation toward the hope we have in Christ and focused on how Christ cares for her and how he died for her and how he has a plan for her. He gave her homework to work on during the week and she faithfully did it and she was eventually able to restore her relationships with her family members and her older daughters who had been very disrespectful toward her in the past. The Lord just really transformed her life during that time. Last fall, Sandra gave her some additional work at the school 
and she now cleans the clinic and the school, and she is doing really well, and she has found her identity in Christ and has joy. Her children are no longer suffering in the same way, and she is now trying to disciple and raise them to know Jesus. So a couple years ago, I lost my brother to mental illness, and even though circumstances are a little different and outcomes are different, I can now empathize in a way that I never could have before. Uh, when my parents learned of Belazare's story and what she had been through, they too were deeply touched and moved and wanted to help her children go to school. So they sponsored her children to go to Elroy Academy. And so it just amazes me how God can take even our worst pain here and our sorrow and somehow weave our stories together with those that are suffering and in similar ways, even across the oceans. Um, and I love how God also, how he prepared Sandro for this moment, how he said yes to God and what he asked him to do in demonstrating love of Jesus and um, providing the care and counseling that she needed to restore her life. Um, and it was just a highlight of the trip in January um, to be able to meet her and give her a hug. And that's just what this is all about. It's about building relationships with other believers, supporting and learning from one another in our trials and our hardships and helping out and providing assistance where needed. And just get, getting to be a part of what God is doing in this community in Haiti and changing lives. Um, it's also a reminder how every job that we provide at the school means that there's one less family struggling to survive in these, survive in these difficult days in Haiti. Um, so a little bit about poverty alleviation and uh, what our goals are with it. Um, when, when I talk about poverty in Haiti, we're talking about 60% of the people living on $2 a day or less. Um, so in his book, uh, Brian Frickert, it's called When Helping Hurts, and I highly recommend this book. Um, it's One of the quotes is, poverty alleviation is the ministry of reconciliation, moving people closer to God by living in a right relationship with God, with self, with others, and with the rest of creation. And so we how, how we define poverty and how we view those like Madame Belazaire that are stuck in it is extremely important because it determines our response and our course of action. We want to make sure that we are affirming dignity and worth in each individual that we come into contact with and identifying the God-given gifts that they have been blessed with and then encouraging them to use those gifts um, to contribute towards their community. And also we want to make sure that we as Americans are not coming in with a God complex, thinking that we have all the answers, but that we are walking alongside our Haitian friends and building relationships, looking for solutions within their community. And we can learn a lot from them as far as what they think that their community strengths and weaknesses are. But God has blessed Sandra with the ability to identify these things in his community. He has a heart for helping others and his ability to identify each person's individual gifts and abilities is very apparent. Um, he has befriended a local gang member and he is currently mentoring him right now. And um, he just has people coming to him all the time for help and counseling. And so we just want to walk alongside him and support him in ways that are empowering and sustainable. And our goal is to empower Haitians to help Haitians and to raise up the next generation of godly leaders. Um, so just quickly, a little bit about education in Haiti and why it is so difficult to get an education. Um, for every 100 children, 40 will never have the opportunity to go to school. Uh, the reasons being they can't afford tuition. There are no free schools in Haiti. Um, another would be that they have to stay home and help their parents work. 
And then another um, reason, sad reason, is that they might be a Restavec. A Restavec is basically a child slave. A lot of times what happens, a family in, the, in a rural community will send their, even as young as five-year-old, to the city to a host family, and the host family will promise to send their child to school and provide for that child, but the child ends up doing, um, just being a slave basically, and doing all the chores, doing the dishes, um, the laundry, and they never get the chance to go to school. Um, so this is Tani. Um, her dad passed away when she was little, and her mom is, is not well and is not able to take care of her. Uh, she has been a Restavec for the majority of her life and um, has been passed around from house to house. She is now 14 years old and has never been allowed to go to school. Late last fall, she was found alone on the street and brought to Sandro by his moto driver. Uh, Sandro contacted social services and um, did some research in trying to find her family but found no one who could take care of her. So he placed her in a temporary safe home in our community with two other girls and she has been staying there ever since and she is now attending our school and um, for the first time is learning how to read. Uh, she has also been attending the revival meetings that have been held on our campus uh, since last fall and she accepted Jesus as, as her savior at one of these meetings and she is now being discipled twice a week with the other group of more than 60 believer, new believers in the community. Um, so if you can just pray for her as she has a long ways to go in catching up on her education and also pray for um, this other new group of believers that um, they would continue to grow in their faith. Um, so one of the quotes that I love um, from a book, More or Less, by Jeff Schinnebarger, it's, statistics are one thing, but friends are another. Numbers may challenge your mind, but faces will soften your heart and names will stick with you over time. So before we knew Sandro and all the beautiful people that we've met through the years, these were just numbers and stats with no faces attached. But having that friendship with Sandro and meeting his family and the teachers and all the kids in the community, it becomes more personal. It has become more personal to us. Um, it's about the people we care about and the struggles that they are facing every day. It's about Madame Belazaire and Tani and the hundreds of other stories that are just waiting to be told. And um, it was, as mentioned previously, just a difficult fall, and we were not able to hold school. Basically, all the schools in Haiti were shut down from September through early December. Um, and everyone was just hunkered down in their homes because the gang violence was just out of control. You could hear gunshots. And um, so when we were there in January, it was just so good to see these kids in school after being hunkered down for so long in their homes. Um, and just the joy that they have in going to school. I'm gonna go kind of quick. Uh, we're getting kind of long on time here, so um, we're just so thankful for you guys and in, in, uh, allowing us to come here. It's, it's so exciting. We have so many more stories we can tell, um, but you can always talk to us later about them. Um, it's, uh, if, if you had asked me four years ago if I'd be standing up here, I'd tell you, no way, not in a million years, um, but God has other plans, and uh, here we are. So this is, uh, Steph talked about the revivals. This is a revival we had in our community. And uh, there it goes. Anyway, um, this is one of the ones that Tanny was at in, in our community. And um, there is such a hunger right now of that we haven't seen so far in our years down there. That, And I believe God is using this uh, time to turn people's hearts towards 
towards him, and it, it's pretty exciting. This is a picture uh, just of us on our trip uh, and the pastors that were uh, le helping lead the revival in the community, and then Sandro there on the left. As we were leaving the last day, um, the new believers had gathered, and they were um, getting discipled and uh, singing praise songs. And we just caught a little bit of it by video. And as, as that was going on, Steph turned around and, and uh, videoed out the other way of our property to the alleyway. And uh, this is just a guy bringing his, uh, oops, bringing his cows in for the night. Um, and off to the left there, those two guys in the alleyway that are playing uh, checkers or whatever they, they do in the evening there. The guy on the right is actually the local voodoo doctor down there. And he and Sandro uh, respect each other. They, they talk about uh, spiritual things. And he has actually said that he is show, he has showed that he is open to hearing about the gospel. But the, his problem is, is that's his income. That's the way he makes money is by doing these things. And so I just ask for prayer for him. Um, he's just a normal guy, but that's the way he makes his living. And um, we're, we're anxious for him. This is a new property that we just bought. Um, it, it, it touches our rental property on two sides, and we actually own this. We, we just purchased it. Um, man, there's so many long stories. But normally it takes forever to get able to buy land in Haiti, um, but it happened really quick for us. Um, more stories. But, so the purpose for this property is gonna be uh, a church, um, as you can see through what we all so, saw so far there's a great need in our community for a church and uh, that's what we're going to be working on. Another picture of it, the school's off to the left there and the, what's going to be the church is right there with an arrow. Okay, I'm going to finish with this quick. Uh, so we met John Draxton, in, he's from North Dakota and he sold everything in, in his, that he had there and went down and uh, started a for-profit uh, butcher shop and he knows a lot about the ag side of, of Haiti, and we met with him, and he was able to get a, a Haitian agronomist down to our property and, and ground and look at it and uh, kind of tell us what would grow and what wouldn't and help us out there. He's also the founder of IFOSID, which is an ag microloan that um, we, want, we would like to use in our community as well. Um, just some of the things we're doing. He also is trying to start FFH in Haiti. So for those of you familiar with FFA, and that's something we definitely want in our school. Typical travel day. You guys have, a lot of you guys have been there. But like I said, there's a lot more. If you guys want to talk to us later or whatever, but Dawson's going to come up now. He's got 45 minutes, so. Okay, so why Elroy Haiti? Um, why did we call this ministry Elroy? Um, I've learned this as I've been involved with this ministry more than I knew before. Elroy is, God, is a name for God, and it is the God who sees. If you guys remember the story of Hagar, who was Sarah, Sarai's, Sarah's and Abraham's slave, um, she was to give birth to Ishmael, and Ishmael's name actually means God hears. And this is 
a story of a woman who was put into a situation. She wasn't from, she wasn't Hebrew, but she was put into a situation where she was asked to do what her master told her to do, and then she was despised because of it. God saw her, and he saw her need, and, he, and she gave this name to God, okay? She gave the name Elroy to God because God saw her, and she saw God. And so we have this hope for the people in Haiti. We have this hope for everyone in the room here, uh, myself included, that we'll be able to see God in a new way, in a special way. Uh, Pastor Seth talked about the gospel this morning, and I would affirm the excitement of knowing the gospel. Um, he's, God has shown us, most of us know, I hope all of you know, the good news of the gospel and its depth. And as we grow in a relationship with the Lord ourselves, um, the continued depth of the gospel that we experience can just, it can drop your jaw <laughs> no matter what phase you are in life. So that's the name, Elroy. I think I'll, I just wanted to give you that. If you guys want to see more of our mission, you can go to our website, elroyhaiti.com uh, or .net, .com, and see a little bit more about our mission, what we're doing. Um, I'm just going to go on to just what our need is, okay? So... We have a monthly budget right now of $5,200 a month, and that, somebody mentioned, 30 staff, um, 300 students. What we're doing with the bare bones budget of 5200 is we're paying our staff, and we're providing one meal a day for the students, um, a lot of whom, and the staff, a lot of whom, that's their only um, good meal of the day, a hot meal. Um, we're about halfway there, providing our monthly support um, through people that we have uh, gotten relationship with here just with uh, in, in our own community as well in Luster as well as other people who Sandro has met because he's met people. Um, so our goal is to get 100% of our budget covered so that we're more flexible and able to cover some of the extra needs that our community has like Christmas parties, summer camp, maintenance that comes up, vocational training, microloans, other things. Those are over and above our budget. Um, so we're looking for monthly donors or, or student sponsorships to help meet this need. Um, one of the coolest things that's happening right now um, is that Jason talked about the property we just purchased to uh, put a church on. That's virgin ground. It hasn't been touched as far as we know. I, I don't know what its history is, but we, ha we have the opportunity now to bring a uh, building into that particular plot of land. But we've been renting the school ground, Sandro said in the video, for uh, I guess the, uh, since we started the school there, and we've been trying to figure out how to purchase the property. Well, it's been way too expensive. She, the, the gal who owns it knows we there's money behind us, uh, and we'd say, no, there isn't, but that's the, that's the struggle of that communication and that process. But the price came way down in just last week. She cut it in half, okay? Don't know why, except for God moving. So... Um, we have with $60,000 is what we're at with this church property. And we have a generous donor who's talked to us in the past and said, hey, when a piece of property comes available, we would like to give this amount. And we'd like to, um, we'd like to give up to this amount and, and have a matching grant program in order to um, fully meet the need of buying this church property. It just so happens that what he's willing to do up to would be about half of this church property. Plus, his desire is to build a wall around this property. And if you guys, you guys may think, well, why a wall, right? 
um, Sandro, who's from Haiti, says, if you don't build a wall, you buy some, it'll disappear. You buy something else, it'll disappear. So wall's pretty important as a first step in establishing yourself in the neighborhood. And it just provides security, okay? So um, we, I think it was mentioned before that this um, school provides a secure place for the kids to come to, and that, that would be a goal. So we're right on the threshold of doing that. So there's two ways to support this ministry. is to support or, or budget with monthly giving, and we do have a one-time purchase of property coming very soon that hopefully can come to completion if, if, we're, if we're process of interacting with this gal who owns this land. Um, goes as we'd like it to and we'll pray about that and bring God bring this to God as well so th those are things to pray for I won't give you a prayer list because you've heard us talk you've heard us say what we're saying and if you've if you if you think back on these things that we've talked about it's, it's what we'd ask for prayer to is for as well so I think that's enough said we really appreciate you guys letting us come up onto your stage I go back with Seth probably almost 20 years back to the college days doing ministry in, in Billings, Montana, and I, I, he's a good friend. I appreciate the opportunity we had to be here talking to you today. So thanks a lot. All right, thank you, guys. We'll just uh, do the short version of a great, great song about a great, great God, and then uh, remember to visit him on the way out at the foyer back there. Like I said, a lot of intriguing stories. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.